0: hey everyone welcome to divinely modern the podcast a platform and community that provides encouragement research and dialogue for people who are deconstructing their faith and asking the question now what where can i go from here This platform offers support and conversations for dismantling abusive theology while rebuilding the faith based on love and grace. I am your host, Haley the Scientist, an atmospheric physics researcher, a deconstructing Christian, and someone who loves God and loves caring for God's creation. So, join me in discovering what it means to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Hey everyone, I'm so excited today. This episode is particularly fun for me because today's guest is Skylar Capri, who I actually knew in high school. We knew each other through a very educational but also very conservative National Christian League of High School Speech and Debate competitions. I will avoid mentioning the exact name of the organization, but I will say that very much like Youth Group, it had its pros and cons. I learned a lot through it and made a lot of friends there like Skylar, and I attribute my unusual love for public speaking to this organization. But I also acknowledge that their strict conservative framework was very limiting uh, in multiple ways, not just for the things that we were speaking about, but also, for example, they had a very strict dress code, especially for young girls. For example, girls were not allowed to show their knees. If they did, even accidentally while in motion, they could be pulled aside and asked to find alternative clothing. If they couldn't do so, then they'd be disqualified, and regardless, points could be docked and that could hurt them from furthering along in the competition. So, long story short, (laughs) this is how Skylar and I met. We haven't talked in person in so long, but it's been great to connect online, and I've been loving keeping up with her online platform as an alternative pop artist with some fantastic jams and really fun music videos. You should definitely check them out later. My personal favorite is her music video for Sway. We had a lot of fun in our conversation, and I am so kitchen. excited to share it with you Gotta all. Say. So, Here we go. In this episode, we discuss a range of topics, which is partially what made it so fun. We discuss modesty culture, the pressures and difficulties of Christian women in the music industry, whether they're explicitly Christian music or simply Christians in music, as in Skylar's case. We also touch on worship culture and talk about being Christians without having the legalism. Before we dive into the interview, I do want to make two quick points. The first one is that as Skylar was giving her closing remarks, a a dog barked in the background and I could not get it edited out and I didn't want to cut her entire message. So sorry, everyone. But you know what? Life happens and sometimes dogs bark. The second thing is that this recording was actually from a while back, and I just had quite a few editing delays. So one thing that you might notice is that this recording was done before I got my upgraded microphone, so the sound quality is not quite the same as with the rest of my episodes. But otherwise, we had a fantastic time talking about all these things, and I'm so excited to now share this conversation with you all. Here we go.
1: So my name is Skylar Capri. I am a musician, an artist, and a songwriter. I started my journey a long time ago. It started with me in a, in a little boy band of like some homeschool boys and very gradually it turned into me loving the idea of songwriting and finding a great mentor after high school and uh, finally this past August putting out my first song which just today hit 150,000 streams which was like very exciting and and very unexpected and since then i released uh, two other songs and I'm working on some new projects in Nashville. And it's just been a blessing seeing, seeing something that I jumped about as a little girl come into something that I'm able to do as a career. So, yeah. That's amazing. I love it so much. And your music videos
0: are phenomenal. I love them so much. I have, I have to know, like both for the audience and like personally, selfishly for myself, I need to know like you know, fun behind the scenes stories or like how you even got into making music videos? Like tell us about that. Oh my gosh. Well, it's a
1: whole, it's a whole story. So I've always loved visuals and the creativity aspect of what you can create. I guess just seeing, seeing something come to life and the behind the scenes, I've always been interested in it. So taking on a project for myself where I could create, that was really great. So let's go back to junior year of high school i met this this guy in my art class named kenny and i was helping him ask this girl out to prom and he uh like had a crush on her and so i helped him ask her out and she said no so i was like ah oh, well i'll go with you to prom and so we went to prom together and through that became really great friends and he was just starting his journey as a videographer and i was starting mine and as a songwriter and a musician. So we kind of made this funny high school promise, like one day we'll make a music video together. And two years later, I was like, hey, I'm actually releasing a, a real song. And he was like, great, I'd love to do a real project. And so um, we got together and started strategizing. I love the role of creative director. So taking the vision in my head and turning it into a reality, I had all these crazy ideas. Like there's this one, Section in the Sway music video where it's got this beautiful pastel ombre background. and that was all made from paint strips from Home Depot. And we just walked in, and I asked the the guy working there that day if I could take about a thousand paint swatches, and he was like, "Yes," and I was like, "Wow, thank you so much!" And so um, my friends and I got together and created the set design for that. I did all the costuming and the casting, and. Um And we just used some local places for the sets. And it was really wild. Different, different people from all over town were really eager to support. And that was such a blessing because I live in a small town. So the amount of creativity there, there's a lot of people that want to do something, but don't necessarily have the place to, to do it. And so I was able to just Create the environment where that was possible, and then people just wanted to jump in. So, in that last scene in the diner where everybody's dancing, um, that was actually a very spur of the moment decision because this dance company. In the next town over, just called me up the day of the shoot and was like, We would like to be involved. And I was like, Okay, this is exactly what I dreamed of and couldn't find the people until today. So it was so perfect how everything came into place. And um, this girl, her name's Ashley Pierce, did a lot of the choreography for me. And one of my best friends, um, Elizabeth Piazza, did a lot of just set design work with me and just it was a bunch of friends together. And that was a blessing. Um, Similar story with wax lips. We used a a local boxing gym and the guy that's the coach in the video, he was actually a, a background dancer for Michael Jackson and is like a world boxing champion and all kinds of things. So all that to say it's, it was wild how everything came together. And I just, throughout the process of learning, um, just ended up loving the role of creative directing my own videos and having other people there like, like Kino, to do all of the videography work is insane to me. So yeah, it's been, it's been a wild time. Wow, that is even better of a story
0: than I expected. That's amazing. I love how you wound up finding this community and we'll actually almost even initiating like this outlet is really what it was that you had so many creatives. in your area, but they just need an outlet to put in their creativity. That's amazing. I'm so glad you're able to initiate that.
1: Thank you. I could talk for hours about it, but it just is, it's wild how much the community means and making something great because without them, for sure, everything would be lackluster. So having their support meant the world.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So I would love to get into, um, I know that you are a Christian and that your faith is a big deal for you. So I would love to like talk about how you as a Christian approach the arts and the entertainment industry. You said you're also um, a worship leader. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how does your faith influence
1: the way that you approach um, the arts? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Well, faith, I'd say is the reason I'm in the arts. I for sure was expecting to go to college. And that's what I worked a lot of my life for. I'm sure you can relate just even being in a Christian forensics league. That was so much of being there for me was preparing for college. And there were just so many things that happened my senior year of high school, like opportunities that opened up with music uh, that were just so obviously from the lord and so clearly signs and things that i prayed through and questioned god about because my whole life i just wanted to go to college and i i was shocked at the things that were happening because i was planning on being a mediator or a lawyer or a a politician and so for this new thing to come about was it had to have been from the lord so i started praying through the reason why and God very clearly was like, I want you to reach lost people in the music industry who otherwise would not hear about me. So for me, that means a lot of my ministry, if you will, has been interacting with girls that aren't per se Christians or have a lot of questions, but love my music and think it's fun to jam to and like the videos and they're inspired by it. But through that, it's, I've been able to foster a lot of great conversations that lead people towards Christ. And so for me, music is my mission field, and it's really awesome to be able to do that in a really subtle way. But the best thing for any Christian, whether you're a musician or a, a plumber, a lawyer, doctor, whatever, is that there is a light and a difference that people grab onto and then and then using that opportunity to share the word of the Lord is everything. So that's been my journey with, with my faith and my music. So
0: I would love to get into the topic of purity culture and looking at the relationship between purity culture and the entertainment industry, um, and even worship culture, et cetera. So would you say that you grew up in a purity culture? And if so, what does that mean to you?
1: Yeah. So it's kind of wild. I don't think a lot of people know this about me because of, I guess, growing up in more of a homeschool culture, but I I definitely didn't grow up in any type of purity culture. My parents were very different, like very, very fun. Um, and And honestly, I also didn't Grow up in a in a traditional Christian sense. So going way back in my family history, um, my ancestors were were Buddhist and then Catholic and then Baptist, and we were kind of all over the place. So my parents grew up sort of confused by a lot of different influences of religion and so me growing up I grew up in an environment where I'd go to church on Easter Sunday and Christmas Eve and that was about it so it wasn't until a lot later in my life that I started learning about Christ for the first time in in a way of who he actually is and not just the a god in the sky and so um it was it was really beautiful learning about the Lord and about what he says concerning purity. Um, but my parents grew up in actually the fashion industry in Los Angeles. So I, I grew up on the beach in Florida in, um, swimsuits all the time. And my dad actually was a swimwear designer. And so I grew up completely not in purity culture. So, um, so entering into like NCFCA or I'll just, I'll use the term like a, a a Christian forensics league was very different to me because I grew up in, in shorts and tank tops at home that, that didn't mean anything in any way. It was just, it was just how I lived and it wasn't meant to for anything or to send any message, it was just the way that I lived. You did mention before when we were like
0: exchanging some conversations over Instagram, you had a story to share about this topic and um, being a worship leader at your church or something. Would you like to share that story? Is I don't I don't know how the story ends, of course. Um, so
1: that is totally up to you. But yeah, no, I'd love to share. I think it's a great learning opportunity for churches and Christians in general to to know what's spiritual and what's not. We'll say that. So basically the general premises of the story is I've I've led worship at my church for about three years now. And granted, COVID was a big part of this, but for about a year now, I haven't specifically led a worship song. So I would do a lot of background vocal work and play guitar, but I wasn't leading. And the expectation of of me being a younger person three years ago was that they really wanted to train me in a way that I could be leading the congregation. And I almost had this expectation of, okay, well, I'll pay my dues in a couple of years. I'll be leading worship. And that that wasn't to say that I thought of myself in any type of high way. I would be so comfortable just singing background vocals and would love doing that for the church. For me, that's that would make me super happy and I'd be very satisfied. But objectively, on the team, we have three women and I was the only one not leading worship. So I was very curious just, you know, why? Why is that the case? So I asked my worship pastor, um, we'll say his name is Mark. So I asked Mark if I would uh, be able to have a meeting with him. So I met with Mark and we talked for a little bit. And I go to a really big church. It's a big non-denominational church. And And Mark eventually said, you know, part of it is that I'm about to be moving to Nashville. So he wants to focus on some of the other leaders, which is very okay. But the other reason was because I sing secular music. And I'm very vocal about that. So I, you know, that's a big part of my Instagram. That's a big part of my outreach. And that that wasn't something that the head pastor was very comfortable with. So I was very shocked and very confused. And I was like, well, it's kind of crazy that it took me asking to meet for this to come to me. You know, I would have really appreciated. Maybe some some more. I I guess Community. being a little more forward, and, yeah, a little more communication about the subject, but also an opportunity to to defend my character. Almost, it was weird to me that I felt I had to defend my character with with a team that I thought knew me so well, and so that led into a couple weeks of talking to the head pastor and talking to Mark about. What, what really is the reason why, in their hearts, like why this isn't okay? And the main thing is that they had a desire to protect the sanctity of the worship platform because anybody who's leading worship is a representation of the church, a representation of Christ, and is ultimately there to help create an environment where other people can focus on the Lord, which I totally get and totally respect. But what I didn't understand is why, why would I be a distraction just because I'm pursuing something that isn't directly Christian because the other two women leading were stay-at-home moms and photographers like that's very fine um but I didn't understand why I was discounted just because I was pursuing something a little more publicly not traditionally Christian and so throughout a lot of talks and debates, I'm a very confrontational person. So we talked through it and it was sad that I had to defend my character, but that's what I did. And I basically insisted on the fact that the same integrity that I bring on the platform is the same integrity that I bring in my business and as a musician, because the ultimate goal is not to be a successful musician. The ultimate goal is to bring glory to God. So it wouldn't make sense for me to sacrifice some of my morals to get more successful when the goal is to tell others about who the Lord is, which is exactly what I'd hope to do on a platform at a church in the same way that I would on a stage. So we talked a lot everything is okay now but it definitely leaves a bit of a sour taste that that was the approach the church took to determine what was fair and not fair to lead on the platform i have a personal belief that everything can be spiritual if you're a christian so like i said earlier regardless of your job you have an opportunity to share your faith with other people and um and so i think it's all the more beautiful to have somebody who maybe isn't working at the church, leading at the church and showing other people that you can, you can be a light no matter where you are.
0: I love that the line of everything can be spiritual. If you're a Christian, everything can be spiritual. I love that so much. I remember one time in college, I was talking with someone, I met someone new at like a, campus ministry or something. And he said, they're like, oh, I, I study science. I do a lot of artistic hobbies on the side. And remember he, he later on told me that he was actually, had been immediately concerned. He's like, oh, I heard science and I heard art and that's really secular fields. So i kind of concerned you weren't really a Christian. And I was like, Are wow. you I was so offended by that. I was like, just because of these interests, these passions of mine that I actually see God in so clearly I and I I look at science and I see God I look at art and I can see God and that's yeah. something I'm passionate about and just because of those interests it's like I'm deemed less Christian
1: mm, yeah that's crazy I think it's it's definitely a stereotype that unfortunately we have to almost fight against and I can see why I can see that there's been a lot of science and a lot of art that has put down Christianity or has put down God. But that's all the more reason why we need Christian people in those fields, because it's it's even a stronger light, in my opinion. It's, it's all the more important to, to be a light in that industry. So do you think
0: that purity and modesty culture puts female Christian artists at a disadvantage? And if so, how can we change that? How can we as a church acknowledge our faults, and then create and cultivate a good, healthy dynamic.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking from a person who who didn't necessarily grow up in purity culture, but saw so many Christian women be affected, well, first of all, I, I hate that we've, I really do hate that we've deemed it as Purity culture, because unfortunately, what it what it is, is it's this shame and this guilt culture that has come about by by people either putting purity on like the highest pedestal or by being afraid to talk about it in church. That's really where I see a big issue, because growing up as somebody who wasn't affected in in this purity culture and growing up with parents who honestly talk to me a lot about what other Christian parents are afraid to talk about. I grew up very comfortable knowing, um, I guess my relationship with the Lord and the relationship that the Lord has with me in modesty and purity. So I think the, the problem is, is that so many young women are afraid and shamed to just have conversation. And I think that's the biggest starting point. I think the church really needs to start having more conversations about sex and about being in regular culture. Um, So yeah, that's where I think we need to start a solution. But for the women that are growing up with that type of shame and guilt who want to enter the music industry, I think there's, there's even shame that that girls have feeling like they want to be in the music industry because that industry is unfortunately flooded with with so many promiscuous type things and it's hard for girls to to go confidently into that industry and say hey there's a million ways that I could be successful in this industry and still have standards for myself and still uphold modesty and still um, remain pure but not be afraid to to walk with other people who aren't
0: thank you that's awesome so I guess with all this in mind what does modesty mean to you
1: Mm, That's a great question. Well, I think for me, modesty in general, well, let me back up. For me, the way that we honor the Lord is the most important thing beyond anything. So I'd rather be modest, not for anybody, but just to honor God uh which means I'm probably not going to perform in a string bikini but that's because <laughs> that's because I I mean but even me for for me personally I would feel uh like a little degrading doing that for myself but mm-hmm. uh, but just in general it's it's my modesty it has so much to do with my relationship with the Lord and just putting first and foremost How can I be a light in my industry and what do I need to do to make sure that I'm not sacrificing that just because I want to maybe wear a certain thing or say a certain thing. So modesty, I guess, is just being cautious about what I choose to wear so that I'm not sacrificing my influence. I'd love to flip the question back on you. I'd love to ask what your definition of modesty is. Oh,
0: that is a great question. I definitely think that there is no universal standard because we look all over the world and the idea of modesty is universal, but the definition is always different. Mm-hmm. Just as it is always different throughout time. Something a modest woman could wear today in America would have been scandalous back in the like 1920s. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So then we can come into terms with the fact that modesty is very um, situational and very contextual. And so if we were to look at it from that perspective, we can be aware that, oh, like something might be okay and modest for a beach and would not be an equivalent of a church. Obviously, that's a pretty obvious right. thing, right? But yeah. if, if we take that as an obvious, we're aware that the context the situation matters. And so while there's no universal standard, um, I, I would say that it depends on the person and I'm going to say person, because I don't think modesty is just something for girls. <laughs>
1: I think- oh, 100%. <laughs> right now you see some of the guys in those chubbies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a big thing in my, in my area. Cause like I said, I live on a beach, so a lot of things that a lot of people wear are just quite shocking, and so um, yeah, modesty is for everybody. Everybody could take a couple notes on modesty.
0: Absolutely, I see so many guys complaining about like young girls on like TikTok or something like that, and like there are a bunch of guys who are doing shirtless videos, and I have no idea why they're doing that. So I I just like to make sure I don't ever have a double standard in whatever it is I am approaching a thing. But yeah, so so basically modesty is based on the situation and based on the comfort level and we have to wear that every person's body is different and i guess what i care most about is that we approach every situation with love and kindness and acknowledge that that girl might have had a terrible situation that she just came out of and is wearing that dress because it makes her confident and feel like she's finally embracing herself again so what if we as a church looked at, at that as something beautiful and divine and she's embracing her very sacred body instead of looking at that with judgment and condemnation of ooh, that's the hoe over there that's the because every church has that you know that the hoe who comes in i, I maybe i shouldn't use the word but i feel like it has. <laughs> um, no,
1: I'm sure, you know, yeah all. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay so a question branching off that I, is this cool that I'm asking you questions to go for it go okay for I'm it. very curious so do you feel like there's ever a level of something that anybody could wear that would go against a universal standard of modesty
0: oh that is a great question
1: um
0: I think that's really difficult. Personally, for me, like, I want to acknowledge my own very personal bias. Like, I personally do not like how common nudity is in films. That's something that really does bother me. I feel like, especially most of the time as girls, let's be honest. (laughs) And um, I feel like a lot of times these girls, I I can't really know if they actually want that or if they felt they had to in order to be successful in their career. Like, it is something that does bother me very um, personally and very deeply. So that is something that I am very moved by. Beyond that, it is pretty difficult. I've seen some beautiful art pieces and photography of less clothing (laughs) very beautifully done and they might have a particular meaning or maybe it's something about embodiment that I think is beautiful and so it really depends on the style and the purpose and the message that it's doing is it objectifying the person or is it trying to present a message so I acknowledge that it might be out of my own bias. I do personally think that there are standards (laughs) that um, there should be some sense of dignity and some sense of um, covering yourself, Um, but mostly because I do believe that we as a culture very seriously struggle with objectification.
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Very well said, (laughs) Aileen.
0: on that very long rambling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, no, it was good. I was like, okay, preach it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, that's great. You said your family has a wide range of backgrounds. I would love to dive into that a little bit more. Um so like how did that help you in your um spiritual walk? Do you think it helped you be more open-minded and respectful of different views? Did it help you um in your artistic journey? Just I'm just making this super wide open for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think, gosh, I've learned so much from my family's background and their culture. Um, I could go on for a long time about it from from my grandma who is well, was a Catholic. Um, she's taught me a lot about her mom who was a Buddhist and how much, even though they didn't believe in the same thing, my grandma respected so much my great grandma's dedication to prayer and her mentality behind having a positive perspective and outlook on life, on life because that's such a that's such a highly divine thing in the buddhist culture is uh, just prayer and mentality and so my grandma took a lot of that and made her prayer life with the lord and with jesus like so beautiful and so well connected. And so growing up and learning from her what prayer was like, I um, I saw the importance of that and I was so blessed to, to see that. And I respect, I really see so much of like the Buddhist culture and how cool it is. Um, we definitely don't believe in the same things, but I've taken a lot of uh, that that dedication and applied that into my own life with Christ. Um, and then I've also seen the unfortunate division between how very specific things of religion have prevented unity within the body of Christ and, and how I think that's so uncool that very minute differences in specific, um, yeah, just an even specific denominations have held people back from seeing the main point, which is that we're supposed to be loving each other. We're supposed to be treating each other as neighbors. And it's it was insane. So like my grandma, so my grandma and my grandpa, my mom's side. So we have Catholic and Baptist, which you already know, very different. So my mom would grow up going to Catholic mass and a Baptist service, and in the Baptist service, they'd be bashing on the Catholics, and then in Catholic service, they'd be learning something pretty different from what the Baptists were learning. And so, my mom was just so confused as to why there was so much division when both believed in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, for me growing up, that was always a really important thing. I have a lot of my Christian friends who don't believe that Catholicism is actual Christianity. And regardless of whether your opinion on that is the same or different, it is really sad seeing how some people will look at another culture and and bash on it instead of treating it with love and respect. So that's something that I've learned growing up. and, And I'm really thankful that I can be the peacekeeper and almost the middleman in some of those circumstances. And remind people of our duty as christians to love one another
0: preach preach i'm just <laughs> not over here yeah that's beautiful so as we are um getting close to the end i would like to ask you if there's anything else you'd like to share with us today open floor what would you like yeah.
1: to Oh my gosh, there's so there's so much there. One thing that I'd love to say is just as as a Christian who's in the music industry and not labeling myself as a Christian artist. I'm an alternative pop artist. So, as there's there's so much that maybe I have drawn a boundary for myself that I'm not going to do x y z and that might make it more difficult to get to where I want to go from a worldly perspective, but from a Christian perspective, I truly believe that holding sacred to, to those things to where I feel the Lord has called me, um, only in my opinion helps, uh, helps me connect to God more and me relying on the Lord in this process has been the only thing keeping me sane. Like the music industry is so crazy and is really hard and it's tough, but having God to walk through that with me has been such a joy. And so any day I'd rather sacrifice certain things that maybe um, I would do if I wasn't a Christian in trade for being able to just focus on the Lord in this journey. So that's been something that I've been really learning and loving and for any female artists out there. And honestly, any artist out there, it's just such a joy to, um, to be set apart in that way. Because honestly, if, if our, if our mission is truly to just bring more people to know Jesus, there's so many opportunities anywhere, especially since music is so collaborative. I mean, even just doing one song or typically working with a producer, maybe a co-writer, somebody who's mixing the song and mastering the song and a tour manager and a manager in general, a publicist. Like you don't know who you're going to be working with even just on a per song basis, but there's always opportunity to bring light to other people and even just to instill confidence or um, just to talk. There's so many broken people in the world and just being somebody who can offer a difference and and offer something new. I think a lot of people are desperate for it and maybe just don't show it at first until you really become friends and get to know people around you.
0: Absolutely. And the arts is such a wonderful way of doing so. Art and music is so moving and it touches a part of our soul that Textbooks, don't do. not do. Statistics, don't do. Throwing a book at them doesn't do it. <laughs> Something about art just really moves a person.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's such a joy and just a, yeah, just a real big joy for me to do that. So it doesn't make it easy all the time, but sure makes it worth it. I'll tell you that much. Oh.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or would like to dialogue with me, you may join me in my community on Instagram at HaleyTheScientist. That's Haley spelled H A L E Y. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support me, the best way is to write a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you prefer. It makes a big difference and really helps me promote the podcast. Also, I'd like to note that my platform is purposefully not monetized, meaning I am not sponsored, I am not making money off of this, and I'm not selling you anything. My work is entirely inspired by my own interest, research, and commitment to this community. Since podcast episodes do take a lot of time and work, though, I tend to publish about an episode a month, so to stay up to date with my platform, Instagram is the best option. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening and have a divinely modern day.